says, we're talking about those people who will say about themselves that they would be content to have a small chedek in Olam Abba. Content is like content. And uh, they don't need a big chedek. And uh, the Mrs. Sharm says to them, you see that in this world, the fact that their friends have something they don't, they don't have, eats them up with envy. So of course, why wouldn't they feel like they're in Olam Abba as well? Now it says, There wouldn't be a place for them to be, uh, so to speak, led astray with such a Torah. If they would just see the MS, that there's a reality that of rewards or punishment, but since they're not looking to see the MS, they want to fool themselves. In other words, and this is an important point to work on, people wants to live with self-deception. And therefore the pizza which the Yedzahara applies them, if they don't really care about what Chalik are getting Ganeidin, doesn't leave them. It doesn't help anymore, they're already dead. Because they'll only wake up to the MS at a time when they're not going to fix it that they're drunk. Whatever you're able to do now, do there's no actions, there's nothing there's to make, there's nothing to learn, nothing to understand. When a person's in the grave. Now, that's a big, that's a big you saw it. And this is from teaching us, and it's something which is very true of people. And that is, it's true that sometimes people perhaps could be living with the mistaken understanding or with a, an e-idea, a, a lack of knowledge about the Mitzvahs of Schar Vo'enesh or the worlds of, of Gehinnem and But more than that, it's that a person doesn't want to know. He say, like he says, that they go and get confused Willingly, they, they don't want to think about it. They don't want to understand it. Ignorance is bliss. Ignorance is bliss, exactly. There should be a lot and, more blissful people. Then. Well, yes. And uh, and uh, therefore, other other, a person has a self-induced state of not knowing, and he convinces himself he doesn't think about it, he doesn't know about it. Like blind, he willfully turns a blind eye to what he really does know. And it Why? lives, it lives with a, a notion that I'd rather think I don't know or I don't have to know because if I did know it would be mechaib. Mechaib to change. It would be to change. Of course. I can't change. Right? And it's hard change. for me to change. I don't want to change. And therefore it's much easier for me to live with the with to make up a reality for myself or to live with the fantasy that I don't have to change. It's a much more comfortable option. I'm human. I was born this way. Whatever, whatever the argument is going to be. Wherever the argument is going to be, there's a certain stage where deep down a person has the MS, but they want to avoid it. They want to avoid it because it, it compels to, it, it demands too much from them. And therefore, a person's shaking your tone. He willingly denies it. The, the best example of this. What's the phrase again? He what? He makes a mistake. Lirtsone. Willingly. He willingly makes mistakes. In other words. So is that called a mistake? No, it's not a mistake. But a person lives with a mistake, but it's, it's not by him, it's amazing. 
He wants to live with that mistake. So why does he call it a shayge? Shayge is he? It's like a he person. Errs. Errs, right? He goes off the derech because he wants to. Uh, the best example of this, uh, uh, someone who had written it, and somebody who was intelligent, was the they call him the genius, the Jewish genius Einstein, who was a kofer. He didn't believe there was a right? Even though they proved him scientifically that the world must have had a creator, based on his own theory, based on his own theory of relativity, which he came up with in the 1920s and early 30s, so they told him mathematically there must have been a creator. The world has to have had a beginning point of the Filial theory. And he denied it for over 20 years. Until eventually, I'm just saying the historical narrative, until eventually, in the 1950s, and the American astronomer called Hubble built a telescope, which you could see exactly what they'd always claimed that you could see, and that is that the, the world is expanding the whole time, which was the theory of relativity, mm-hmm. like derivative, and they brought Einstein to look. There's nothing to argue about. So he said, basically, afterwards, that I've been trying to deny this for 20 years because it's much more comfortable to live with the reality that there isn't a creator. He says, I have a choice. I don't to say, but it's a, he had a famous line that he said that it's a, the, the scientist is like a, like a mountain climber who is gradually and laboriously climbing to the top of the peak and rock by rock eventually gets to the, to the summit to see the believer has always been there. That was his line afterwards. But he, he said himself that he's been actively trying to deny for 20 years because it's, it's much more comfortable to live with, without thinking about the Creator. Which is uh, okay, yeah, an admission from somebody who was intelligent, but a lot of people do that same way. Willingly or, or subconsciously, they shake in their eternal. It's not that they don't know, it's they don't want to think about it. And if that's the case, they have a self induced state of disconnect or blindness because it's more comfortable. Is that what happens every morning when I need right. Most people do know deep down that there's a burden. Most people do know deep down that there's a purpose today. Most people do know to some extent that there's a right and wrong way to spend one's life. Except that's very restrictive. And therefore people prefer not to think about it or concoct themselves ideas to explain to themselves why it's not the case. But what the Mubarak says that doesn't poeter anybody. It doesn't poeter anybody. It's not going to help you when a person comes at you say, well, I... I lived with the reality, with the notion that there wasn't a after that. Okay, so you fooled yourself. What a person doesn't do while he's given the strength by Hashem, and what's the koyach we're talking about? To a koyach bechiri, hamosin lekol yemechayev. That's a koyach to have bechira, when it's given to him in his lifetime. Shuvahem bechiri, mitzvah asis. Hashem gives him mitzvahs, he gives him the bechira. So whatever he doesn't choose to do now. Once he's no longer alive, he doesn't have the Kayak so he doesn't have the ability to do anymore. A person who doesn't increase the amount of Maisim he does in his lifetime, you can't do it later. And a person doesn't make a Nefesh. This is a very interesting expression. The person who doesn't make a chesh nefesh here won't have the time to do it there. After he's dead. What does it mean? You won't have the time to do it there. So it's interesting. It sounds like the Mrs. Shalom is talking to the people whose main reason why they don't have a chesh nefesh is they don't have time. So it says, over here you do have time. Over there there isn't time. Because over there a person 
it doesn't have the ability to do anything. So, it's not like he can decide that I want to spend my time doing one thing or something else. It's, uh, he's, he's living in the reality of either reward or punishment, which can't, what, what, what the Cheshmer and Nefesh could work for a person to change or decide what he wants to do, they can't influence him anymore. Can't decide what you want to do. You can't decide it for you. So then, then this. When a person doesn't become a chacham in this world, dies chacham And this is this line is the pen. Now the ma'aseh has to say anything the pasuk didn't say. That's the first thing he said. A person does ma'asim in this world, he can't do ma'asim later. The cheshbon, a person who has cheshbon nefesh in this world, he can't do cheshbon nefesh later. But the last part is a is a, is a question. The das the chachma. There's no das in the chachma either. B'shalat hashayel hashem. And the question is, why not? Why not? Harry, we have the concept of Yishevashamala. We have the concept of people continuing to learn and understand more Torah after they die. So, right, so what does it mean? Mishra is Chakim, why not? Mazela is Chakim, Bekev. If a person didn't become a Chakim here, why become a Chakim there? Could be a value system? So, you say the people that are going to wake up, the people that were busy with stocks, the first thing they're going to say when they wake up is. So what does it mean? So you could take it to the extreme. And that is a person that didn't become a Chacham at all. A person that never learned anything here, won't learn that. Uh, but that's not what he said before that. He, he didn't say a person didn't do any Maisim, he won't do Maisim. He said a person who was Mishle here by Maisim to have A person didn't do as many Maisim as he wanted in his lifetime, can't do more Maisim there. But Chacham, like it's not, we said it's not like that. If a person learns Torah here, so Adrabah, he will learn more Torah there. So then what's it referring to? So there's two options. The one, and this is something which is a big discussion, and that is that there's a Makaris that say that there's something that a person didn't learn here, he won't be able to learn Shemai. Which means what he did learn, he'll be able to learn better or deeper. What he didn't learn, so he won't be able to start learning it. Now there are, there are such Makaris. So there are those interpret that to mean the Khlalis. And as a person didn't learn Torah here, he won't be able to learn Torah there. But if a person started learning Torah here, you can learn Torah there. And it does explain the Bifratis. Which means if a person never got around to learning Masechus Nazir, so in Shemaim, he's not going to learn Masechus Nazir. He might learn every other Masechus much better. But when he didn't learn here, he won't learn there. And if that's the case, so then it does, especially among the Sfadi Mukhabim uh, write about this, as the Indian to at least learn the whole Torah of Girsa in one's lifetime, because at least then a person's seen it, so to speak. And uh, we'll be we'll be able to learn Dasidab. Is there a Shulchan Aruch? Uh, this is Shulchan Aruch. It's maybe like the opposite. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talks about it, but uh, now. Nobody learns Rashi. Yeah, a lot of places. I'm sorry, I'm also into such a mahalach of just reading things to know them, or not to know them, to have read them. The uh, the, the counter question is: Is that called learning? Is learning just reading the words, or is re- learning meaning at least it's something of life to understand? So, of course, there's much deeper levels of understanding, and of course, I can learn much more in Shemaim than so. But at least, some level, I learned it, which means at some level, I least understood what I was saying. Whereas, mouthing words without understanding what the words I'm saying mean, so maybe it's not even called learning. Now, and even those posts came, make a chilek between Torah Shabbat and Torah Shabbat Peh. They say Torah Shabbat if you just read the words, it's already considered Torah, whereas Torah Shabbat Peh has to be with some kind of understanding. Okay, it could be. If a person wants to read the Psychum of Eev and understand anything, so it could be there's a matter in that. But uh, according to most uh, one should try and learn as much, obviously, of the breadth of Torah as one can. But it doesn't just mean reading words. At least at some level, one should try and understand what he's reading. Granted, it might be very low level, very superficial level, but it's something. 
once you've seen this chalik of Torah, okay, so then a person will be able to to learn it deeper and better in Adam Abba. That's one level. Is this counter there or saying that it's true? I'm saying it's, I'm saying it's true. It could mean. But it could be he's talking about something else also. He's not talking necessarily about Limur Atari. He's talking about Bin Koenig Hachim. And that's why he says with the, that there's no Mishra Yishakim, a person that isn't, doesn't become a Chachim. In Olam Azeh, isn't going to become a Chachim Bekev. And what's the Chachim we're talking about? The Chachim we're talking about is the person who can make the right decisions, in other words, to be Mashlit, to rule his Seichel over his Gmidus. That's also a middle of a person's Seichel, a person's mind. And therefore, a person who didn't advance their Seichel as the means which is going to make their decisions, was the way that they're going to uh, direct their life, that's not going to change later. A person who in his lifetime was ruled by a certain midah is going to be ruled by the midah afterwards too. And the ability to reign in the midas and, and use his seichel as the, as the basis of why he bases his decisions or what he decides to do, he's not going to get that in Olam Abba. And uh, this is a scary thing. Which means even if a person can see clearly he's wrong, He's still going to do the wrong thing because that's what the middle is going to make him do. And Rechaim Shulevitz, Rechaim Levrach, always to bring a marshal for this. It's well known, but it's very negative what he's saying, so I'm going to say it over. And that is, it says that when the Navi Michiel ben Yimla comes to Achav, and Achav asks him, shall I go to battle or not? And the Navi says, I see Hashem sitting on his throne, and he says, who's going to come? And be with Fatah Achav to go to battle, so he's going to die in the battle. He's going to come and, so to speak, seduce Achav to go to the battle, so he can kill in battle. And it says that the Ruach went in front of Hashem and said, then, I'll go. And Hashem said, go. And why, why does Hashem say go? So the Gemara says, because to seduce Achav, you have to tell him something not true. How are you going to seduce him to go to battle? Tell him he'll be victorious. And it's not true. You know he's not going to be victorious. So that's me after that. And it says that a dovish karim may you can And therefore if you're going to seduce Achab, you don't belong in front of Hashem anymore. So Hashem says go. You want to seduce Achab, but then you're losing your place in in, the, in front of Hashem. Who was the Ruch? So the Gemara says the Ruch of novice Akarmadi. Achab killed him for nothing. And uh, he died with the feeling I want to take revenge on Achab. Because he was framed and he was killed for nothing. Now, think about it. He was now studying in the Mechitz of Hashem. So he was now in a much higher place. And in order to take revenge on Achav, he would have to lie to Achav and leave the Mechitz of Hashem. So why would he want to do that? So Chaim was pronounced this because he died with the myth of wanting to take revenge. And if that's the case, even though now he knew it would be a stupid thing for him to do, he's going to lose his standing in Shemaim, but the myth is still there and it's going to drive him. And he did it. What's the started means also that a person that didn't apply his chachmah here or his das and therefore he was led by his vidus here will be led by his vidus there too. There's another famous example of the same principle that's the Gemara gets in. And the Gemara and says that. You see, you do. The vidus are in the guf. Or in the ruach, I mean. You're saying not like that. Right. The vidus are in the ruach. And the ruach goes up to Shemai. Right. And there's another famous example of that is the Gemara Gitzin. The Gemara says that when Antoninus was thinking of becoming Jewish, he was Maida, I'm sorry, he was thinking of becoming Jewish, he was Maida two or three 
famous for showing through necromancy, through oiv or whatever it is, Daini Khiru the Gemara says, and he asks them, who's Chashem and Nefu? Where you in Shemaim? Talk who's the most, who's in the highest? And they said, Yisrael. He asked Bilam, he asked Titus, he asked Yeshu, who's Chashem? Yisrael. So should I become Jewish? No. The Tidur Shlema with the Vosim Kalyam Mechalayna. He didn't tell him the Pasuk. It has nothing to do with him. And it's a bit contradictory, no? He just told him that they're in the highest level, so why would you even come like that? So Muhammad Shemaim says the same you said. Because Bilam died hating Kalyam Yisrael. So he hates Kalyam Yisrael there too. He can say, he can say you, you ask you the most important, I'll tell you they're the most important. Shall we come like them? The Midas Hussein is still there. The Midas Hussein is still there. It has nothing to do with him. We see that a person doesn't change medicine in Shemaim. And that's the, also the part of the Nisit Shemaim is saying over here. And that is part of the Yisairus for Cheshman and Nefesh. Yisairus for Zahirus for, for a person is what's going to be with them in What's going to be with them in Shemaim? Because, and this is an important point, if a person does want a, a respectable Chalik in Galeed, a person does want to be a Baal if, if not yet, at least in Shemaim, so then, a person has to work in that here because nothing's going to change that. Nothing's going to change that. And therefore, based on what the person is here is what he's going to be there. And therefore, if a person needs the impetus, so I better work now so that I'll be Zoycha there, so then that's what's going to bring him to the heroes here. Because the feeling is that, like we said before, either a person doesn't care about Shemaim, is a person's misleading himself. He either doesn't believe in it or he's not thinking about it. Because there's no reason a person wouldn't care about it. That's where he's going to be spending much more time than he spent in Lodah Mazer. And if he cares so much about his standing and what he has in Lodah Mazer, he should definitely care about where he's going to be in Shemayim, which is, like I said, is, which is the Netzach and Zach. And if a person thinks, well, I want to change it, no, that's a big mistake. It's too late to change it. A person has to change here. But that is not a mistake, which, is, which the musician doesn't talk about here. But that is, a lot of people don't know that. They're not going to change in Shemayim. And so you're right. But I have a whole life ahead of me. So I might not change now, I'll change and I'll change no, in a few years' time, I'll change and I'm older. I'll change. Right, exactly. So uh, in the meantime, I'm, I'm enjoying life. And later on, when I get near uh, my retirement age, when I start thinking about Yemen, yeah, I'll start worrying about it then. But Lemay says that's a. Uh, like the musician himself is going to say later on. That's also a mistake. No one knows how long we've got. And therefore, that assumption that a person thinks, oh, we've got lots of time, so I'm never in a rush. There's still time to change. There's still time to change. You don't, that one doesn't know that. The Gemara says that a lot of stuff is something should be machad and they waste time. Before you die, you should do tshuva. So the Talmud said, fine, but how do you know when you're going to die? He said, I don't know. It's a bit tshuva today. You never know. It might be tomorrow. That's true. That's what the Gemara says. And therefore, the fact of pushing off changing, or pushing, or pushing off growing, or pushing off taking on things to do until later is uh, it's just a delay tactic which doesn't work. But there's a second point also. This is a scary point. And that is, that later never comes. Even if a person has a rechus yamim. When a person is a, a zibachot, they think, oh, you know, when I'm 40, 50, that's the time I'll start thinking about it. And when a person gets to 40, 50, he says, no, I'm still young when I'm 70. And guess that? what? When people are 70, they still think they're young. Really? Yes. I've, speaking, I've spoken to people who are 70. And say, what? And he's like, it's a, it's a mechanism in a person's mind. He never wants to admit to himself his life's coming to an end. There's always a feeling that, ah, later, later, lots of time.
Yeah, so that's, uh, that's the second uh, the level of Yisairus. The first time we said for Shlame Adas. For Shlame Adas, I don't have to go to reward. It's the fact that I want to do things right. For the second level, at least, even if it's not holding by that, so the second level is at least think about what the reward's going to be. What kind of a level you're going to get. And that should also be an impetus. And the Amos says, this is also the answer to the let's do it later syndrome. Because time is limited. And what a person can do later is much less than what a person can do now. So even if a person says, yeah, I'm still young, I have time, I can do that. Do what? Whatever you can do now, you can do 10 years more of it, you'll be able to do it in 10 years' time. And therefore, Adab, it's just going to increase the amount of schar I get. By pushing things up, even though you'd still have the opportunity later. But I have so much more of a limited opportunity. Because the, the amount of, of schar that a person can get, the amount of levels a person can climb, is time-based. The more time he has, the more rungs he can climb. The more time he has, the more metas he can accrue. So to push things up to later, even though you'd say the later will come, it's just wasting all the golden opportunities that he has now. That, that's the second level that we call the Ha'ara for the people who at least can focus and not willfully mislead themselves into forgetting about the concept of the Sharva and the Shav.